This is Thoughts and Players. Hello and welcome to level 50 of your Thoughts and Players podcast. The gaming podcast with both takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy here with one of my compadres. That is Corey. Corey, what is up? When David's not here, you know, I got to hit you with the what up. There you go. Nice little, nice little uh, homage to David. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, we, we we missed the little guy. We missed the little guy. He, he hasn't gone anywhere. He's out. Um, I think doing some kind of uh, some kind of violence in Portland. I think the last time yes, heard, you he's know. Ra- rallying people to his yeah, exactly, cause. Exactly, exactly. That Scott Scott Pilgrim is the greatest movie ever made. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's gonna work, but we'll see. We'll see. If you hear of any assaults, Scott <laughs> Pilgrim related assaults in Portland, it was David. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It's uh, kind of been somewhat of a minute since we've talked, so like, uh, yeah. you know, I know that busy, busy people, but I'm assuming you've had some time to play a game or two, so. Yeah, yeah, so, with, um, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, the last thing I was talking about was, was Elden Ring, mm-hmm. and, and I will start off this level with Elden Ring, I have finished it, I beat Elden hey. Ring, and man, it was it was tough. I had to resort to looking up everything. I resorted mm-hmm. to grinding a little bit, but I wanted to beat this game. And then uh, I did, and I was very happy. And then I went to a wedding with my wife. And, man, Elden Ring was like talk of the town. Like there was like really? a group of five or six of us all talking about Elden Ring. Yeah. And uh, the guy I was sitting next to, um, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but, you know, he was at the wedding with me. Nice guy, great friend of uh, my wife's. Uh, he was like, oh, so you beat all the Elden Lords. I'm, well, well, no, some of those are optional. Right. He's like, oh, so you didn't beat the game. I'm like, no, I, I got credits. I ended it. I got credits. Uh-huh. And then we were in uh-huh. the circle of uh, gentlemen that were talking. And the first question one of the other guys asked was, so you beat Melania? Well, well, no, she's an optional boss that's also the hardest boss in the game. So no, I haven't beat her either. So like, mm-hmm. I beat the game, and then I felt a certain type of way. <laughs> I was like, I feel disrespected right now it's pretty disrespectful so, um, yeah yes so i went back and i killed every elden lord including melania who is an elden oh, lord the toughest okay. boss in the game and yeah i wiped the floor with them um i haven't done everything in the game but as far as those guys at the wedding are concerned i have now completely finished the game and you know what i stand by my uh, was it worth it i think i gave it a, a glowing was it worth it and i stand by that it's a fantastic game probably the best one that from software made you know going to open world has really uh really made it special so um and then you know i beat elden ring i'm like you know i I needed something to calm down a little bit and i went back to sifu which is also a very very difficult game and i'm like elden ring there's there's no grinding in that one i wasn't able to gain oh yeah that's true yeah yeah, yeah. better like i had to learn patterns and uh i finished that one about a week ago yeah uh got through the last two levels that i was stuck on there's only five levels in the game took me 32 hours of total gameplay which is far more than the average which i think is somewhere between five to ten hours but uh i i beat my quota of hard games this year for sure it's respectable you know 
It's and very, then I've just been kind of a, I'll go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's very interesting that you just beat it when they just announced May 3rd, they're releasing the difficulty mode patch. Or yes, I actually, I actually went back to Sifu because I'm like, okay, maybe they put the difficulty patch in there because I'll just yeah. go easy mode. I just want to finish this game at this point. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it, and then I was kind of invested. Then I beat it, then like literally the day afterwards, like next week, easy mode for you. But I, I did beat it on the regular mode. There's actually a harder mode in there as well that they're adding. Not yeah. going to touch that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and then after that, just kind of uh, poking around at a bunch of stuff. Haven't really found another game that I'm going to, like, play through and beat. But uh, it'll happen. How about you, Jeremy? Um, Well, I've been playing a lot of, I want to say, well, one game in particular. So this is prompted by I've been going back. I finally caved. My girlfriend wanted me to start watching Game of Thrones because I haven't seen it before. Never. No. So she's like, I want you to start watching these. And the deal is like, I would first, the deal was I watched some episodes of this show because she, I tried to watch it before. I tried to watch the first episode and I ejected 10, 10 15 minutes into it. I'm like, wow. I can't do it. Uh, but um, the deal was if I watch three episodes, then we can watch a bad movie because I love bad movies. <laughs> um, so anyway, I started watching do. it. Yeah, of course I did. So I started watching it again, got into it more. And then there's the whole different houses and bannermen. And I'm like, this is kind of this is getting me in a little bit of a Mountain Blade mood. <laughs> so I went back to Mountain Blade Bannerlord. So I started up a new character, been playing that, doing that whole thing. So that's probably what I've been playing the most. Okay. Is a bunch of Mountain Blade Bannerlord. I played a little bit of um, Dynasty Warriors Empires 8. The reason is because I did a, a, a month trial of PS Now, and it had Dynasty Warriors 7 Empires. Mm-hmm. And my trial is ending, but I <laughs> own Dynasty Warriors 8 Empires. <laughs> so I just went and played that. And that, so, and that was the last good Dynasty Warriors, right? Because 9 is yeah. just a dumpster fire. And it's a Empires dumpster fire. is a dumpster fire. Dynasty it's a Warriors dumpster 9 fire. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the last and, good one. And also because they, they're emulating Samurai Warriors off of Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors 5 is also a dumpster fire. Okay? Oh, man. That sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've been playing that. And then the last one I played is a little bit of Just Cause 4. Okay. Trying to get into Chaos. that. Chaos. Fun I remember, chaos, though. I put a lot of hours and beat Just Cause 3. Had a lot of fun with it. Just Cause 4, there's, like, again, like a military component to it that I like. But overall, the gameplay feels a little bit more restrictive or not as fun as 3. So okay. it's a little bit hit or miss. But I'd say like 80, 80, 85% has been a Mountain Blade banner lord trying to get my people, raise my banner, you know, empire, kingdom, that whole thing. That's been super fun. Now, is that one still in early access or is that is that full release? Mountain Blade banner lord, I think, is still early oh, access. Ba- wait. That's the new one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, have they added any significant updates to it? Anything that you've noticed? Or is it just kind of like minor improvements from the last time you've uh, jumped into it? They've added They've added a lot to it. Okay, um, good. They've, they've changed the way siege mechanics work for a while because there was an issue where it took so long to do sieges on like castles or, or, or cities. And then the enemy would just round up a bunch of armies and just like disrupt your siege every time <laughs> it was so annoying um so that's a little bit more tolerable they've done some other stuff too as far as like damage mechanics ai 
tweaks and stuff, uh, how politics working a little bit. They've improved a lot of those things. So, I mean, you know, it is an improved experience. But honestly, game, I mean, Mountain Blade Bannerlord, it's the same thing with like playing like any Elder Scrolls game online. You play it for the mods. You don't ever play vanilla. So I don't <laughs> I've I've never played Bannerlord vanilla. I always have at least two, three, four mods on there running. You know. Okay. And what's like a, a top tier mod on there? Like what are, what are we looking at? Um, so um one of the mods that I like using is um they have they have like obviously like a custom a more customized creation mod to make more personalized characters that you can make. They have mods for like um to add new factions to make mm. small make minor factions a bit more intimidating or you know like have a bit more influence um you know and then obviously they got like other mods like they can change it like there's a roman mod so it, it introduces the roman empire there's there's a um a, a game of throne mod that like oh, makes yeah. all the different factions different houses and you can you'll do put, whatever you'll be putting that in soon enough uh maybe we'll right. see We'll see. Yeah. But I, I got to um, say, like, modders are the unsung heroes of the gaming community. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. make so many games just better in so many aspects. Yeah. Uh, that would that would be like the main reason for me to go like PC just because yeah. of all that extra stuff that you can have and all that improvements and fun that you can have. So, yeah, I would make the argument that like that Bethesda owes 50 percent of its valuation to modders. Oh, for sure. Um, because not only do the modders improve Bethesda games, they fix Bethesda games. Yeah, they make that's them like work. the that's the first like you always hear those stories. Hey, there's already a mod to mm -hmm. fix all these bugs. You know. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to yeah. them. Shout out to them. So yeah, that's that's pretty much like what I've been playing. You know, just just getting getting my banner lord thing on, trying to become uh, I just became a vassal. So now I'm trying to like do some other stuff, getting my money up, you know, got to pay my army. So, yeah, it's been fun. All right, man. Nice. Good fun. Yeah. So um, we got some announcements. Some news has happened in the interim of us playing our games. Um, so we're going to get to those. We got four news items on the docket. I'm sure there's been more that happened. These are the four that interest <laughs> us. So we're going to talk about them really quick. Uh, news item number one is that Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced. Uh, it was announced, I believe, what, earlier this month? Mm hmm Yeah. And so and it came out with a debut trailer. Um, they have some more information on, like, exactly what it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be running on Unreal Engine 5. It's very nice. Um, let's see here. They had the the trailer had um, Sora in it, you know, and so as far as like generally my interest in this game, I think I've said before, but I believe like Kingdom Hearts Four is a very overrated franchise. But I do know that it is loved very dearly. Um, was there any other things about this that kind of caught your eye? As far um, as I think the one thing that caught everyone's eye was the. Uh graphic style because mm -hmm. the the first three three kingdom hearts are uh extremely cartoony and when you saw yeah. sora in this trailer he looked he looked realistic like he didn't mm -hmm. have the mickey mouse shoes he didn't have the uh the square enix big hair going everywhere it was right. a little bit more humanoid right. um he was in a a swanky apartment it looked like so uh <laughs> I, I don't know if that art style fits kingdom hearts but you know maybe they're going with more of a realistic uh kingdom hearts because i've heard 
rumors of like a Star Wars world and and possibly Marvel. So that would definitely fit mm. towards more of the hey, we want a little bit more of a realistic character because you're going to have humans, you know, not necessarily, right. uh, you know, Disney characters. They'll right. still be in there, but it seems like they're going towards that route as well. Um, I, I've I bought four or five different Kingdom Hearts games, never finished one. It's always a franchise that like really speaks to me and I want to get into it. You know, I liked Final Fantasy and mm-hmm. I grew up on Disney, but it's just like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's the gameplay, but it's uh, like a it's it's a not quite. It's it's something where you look at it and you're like, this shape should fit this pu- this hole. Like, this is a puzzle piece that fits me. But right. then you get it and you're like, it's something about it. I don't know. You know? Yeah, I, I enjoy looking at it from the outside. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, that's neat that they put that in there. But yeah, just just not for me, I guess. Yeah, I, I appreciate the 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 love people have for that franchise, but whatever's to me, it's just not my thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, next news item: Microsoft, Sony. Mm. They try to make more money. <laughs> yeah, always. And they're talking about putting in-game ads into popular free-to-play games like Fortnite. Like Rocket League and Apex and all those other ones. Uh, nothing's definite yet, but there's talks. They're trying to increase their advertising revenue. Um, why are they so? Why are they so greedy? Why are they though? I mean, that's companies, man. Like no matter how much profit, it, it's like a it's like a snowball effect. If you make fifty billion next year, no matter what, you have to increase that. So we're going to get to yeah. a point where they have to increase, have to increase until like the bubble pops a little bit. But uh, I, I kind of wish, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like free to play games already have a great way to make revenue. They do battle passes and the new yeah. boxes. Yeah. So like if I'm getting ads and I'm getting those, like I'm not going to be happy. And, right. and I kind of want to see what the ads are like. So from a little bit that I've read, it seems like what they kind of already do with like product placement, you know, billboards, like, which I don't think I would have a problem with. If I'm playing Rocket League and on the side of the arena there's like Pepsi or Sony or something like that, fine. That even gives it some like authenticity a little bit, you know, with like the sports crowd. But but if I'm playing a game and there loads up a commercial in between it, I'm done. I will not play that game. I am not going to sit for in commercials between matches for games. I won't do it. So that's that's my point right there. That's my line. I mean, that's 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 where we're headed, you know. That's yeah. didn't 2K do that? Like I they think had they like did on their loading screens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like and, and they probably increased that loading time too. Yeah. So they could do it. Yeah. Whenever you're I've I've always said, whenever you're looking for where the gaming industry is going to try to monetize next, look at sports 2K. games. Look oh, at yeah. sports games. Yeah. Because those are the ones where they try it. And as I've said before, sports gamers are the dumbest breed of gamer. They're gonna they're gonna let themselves be susceptible to it. <laughs> so happily, they're the ones. happily, happily, loot boxes, battle passes, all those types of things. They started in sports games and they infected the rest of the gaming community. Cool, I'm paying five dollars for these Nikes I can wear in my game. Like, no, bro, you're getting oh, ripped yeah. off. Let me go ahead and pay two thousand VC for a haircut. Uh, like, <laughs> they're 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 terrible. They're just they're just terrible. Oh, let me go ahead and pay $5 for this. Oh, snaps. I got uh, Maurice Jones Drew from the Jaguar. <laughs> uh, news item number three. Sonic Origins. 
Mm. is launching in June 2022. Yes. That's right. Now, Sonic Origins is going to feature four games from Sonic. It's going mm-hmm. to have Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog CD, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. Yes. That's right. Um, some, some game modes is going to have. It's going to have an anniversary mode uh, that's going to let you experience, uh, you know, kind of the game, the new format, 16 by 9. They're also going to have classic mode, which gives you that classic 4 by 3 when we were using CRT monitors, different stuff like that. They got a story mode. We'll see how that goes. Those usually haven't worked out well for Sonic games. Uh, and then, you know, other other modes that are fun as well. Um, and it's coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, and the Switch. There you go, man. Corey, are you pumped for Sonic? I, I mean, the way you just described it, like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But I feel like you left out quite a bit, <laughs> if you want me to what expand that? on yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so you get those four games for $40. And mm-hmm. that, that seems a, a little steep because I know you can buy them for cheaper elsewhere, but you know they're not remastered per se, which is in this case just kind of they clean them up and they make them you know, widescreen. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Deluxe Edition. Did you see that or read about that at all? No, I didn't. Okay, so the Deluxe Edition is $5 more, $45, and it adds a bunch of really tiny, weird things that you feel like should be in this like Origins collection. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, it, a hard mode is locked behind Deluxe Edition. Um, animation mm. on the title screen. So uh-huh. Sonic will not animate. He will be a still in the $40 version. He won't do the, the 40, finger wag? He, I, I guess not. He won't do the finger wag. Um, the same thing with like the music mode. Uh, no animation unless you buy the Deluxe Edition. Um, there will be some, for the classic mode, some of the borders. If you get the Deluxe Edition, you get extra borders that you can show. Um, and if you buy the Deluxe Edition, you don't even get everything from there. You also have to pre-order. If you don't pre-order it, you then don't get the mirror mode. So, like, it was a good idea. Like, it was a good idea. When it was when it was shown, I'm like, ah, this is cool. This is a cool way to play these four games. I want this. And now I'm like, man, this is scummy. This is yeah. really scummy. And to add insult to injury here, they started delisting those four games from Steam, GOG. You can't you can't buy the original Sonic 1 after May 20th or Sonic 2 or Sonic CD or Sonic 3 and Knuckles after May 20th because they don't want you to be able to play those old games while this new one comes out. So while initially I was like, ah, this is cool, I'll probably get this even though it's a little expensive. I'm like, I, I don't feel like I should support this at all. Yeah, this, uh, why? I mean, there's no reason. <laughs> why? I, I why? There's it. no reason for it. <laughs> like, I was listening to other podcasts, and they're like, why didn't you just make it a $45 game and include all that? Yeah. No one would have known any difference. You know, like, we would have, Sonic fans would have paid $45. And it's just a way to, like, irk people. So, yeah. I mean, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so dumb. It's so unbelievably dumb. It's horrible. Yeah, it's just a horrible consumer. Uh, yeah, not good. Yeah, uh, so dumb. All right. Well, guys, I mean, if you love Sonic, I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, there, there are people out there that love Sonic. Yeah, I, I don't. It, it, you know what the weird thing is? Going back to Sonic, we're going to we're going to news item four, but now I'm, I'm okay. My gears okay. are grinding a little bit. Right, right, right. 
this IP kind of blows. And it wasn't until <laughs> they did a good job with the movies, thanks to people, because that was going to blow until people saw Sonic and they said, that's yeah. not Sonic. Yeah, that's a that's a that, that's a monster from a nightmare. And so it wasn't until these movies that kind of like reinvigorated the Sonic IP and to where now they're doing these types of things. But like Sonic to me doesn't have the juice to be scummy. You know, right. that's weird. You know, it's not Mario. He's not Mario. I mean, you're right. The IP does suck. But I think though the four games included are the ones that are super highly looked at, you know. So those those are the ones they always uh, they pimp out, <laughs> you know. Like, hey, yeah. Sonic, you know, Sega collection, get these Sonic games, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they're they're always the four that are looked at kindly, and it's like now they're taking advantage of that. And like I said, it does look good. They did look pretty, and they would look beautiful on a big TV in that widescreen. But uh, this is one where you just gotta, you know, vote with your wallet. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I say it'll be $25 in no time. Oh, yeah. News item number four. GPUs are finally dropping in price to almost MSRP. (laughs) Uh, It's all you, Jeremy. This one's all you. Yeah, so, I mean, just generally speaking, I don't have, like, a specific story to quote this, but I know, like, from experience, like, um, the semiconductor or the chip shortage has been a major issue in regards to like processor availability and pricing as well as GPU availability and pricing. Um, GPUs are becoming uh, cheaper because the chip shortage is kind of starting to correct itself. So you have that issue like no longer being much of an influence on it. Um, And then you also have, you know, Nvidia and AMD also have to keep making their iterative releases. And so as they're making their iterative releases, those are going to drive prices down in some instances, especially when you have these GPUs that have been so rare to get. They haven't really. Is there is there a price for them? Yes, but there's not like a. Like a communal street price to where, you know, it has a certain value so that when a next generation comes in. Um, it's compared to that pricing. So, you know, if you have, you know, like there were enough 1080s or 1070s in the in the street, essentially, so that when the RTX 26 or in 2000 series came out, there was enough people that had it to give it like a comparable assessment of what its value is. But gotcha. with these, like with these 3000 series chips or 3000 GPUs compared to like the 4000s or like the new RX ones that are coming out, because so few people have them, it's like, well, it's it's being judged on its rarity and almost not its function. Right. So, you know, how how can how can I say that, you know, a 3000 or 3070, you know, compared to like a 4060 or 4070, what's what's the price comparison? Because I don't know anyone that has a 3070. <laughs> right? I can at least make the, compa- the the comparison if I if I have a RTX 2060, I know enough people that have a, you know, a GTX 20 uh, a GTX 10 1070 or something like that and i can make that comparison with this it's a little bit harder because it's been so rare so you know you have the the combination of the chip shortage correcting itself you have the issue of the other cards being so rare um that you know there's no real street assessment as far as what its value is and then you also have the slowdown it's still there but the slowdown of crypto mining like you know that's still a thing but 
a lot of crypto that's out there that could be mined has been mined. So how much more can they actually get out of it? Um, also, like some of these newer cards aren't really great for it. Like right. if you were if you were crypto mining with a 3090 or something, like good luck, it probably blew up on you, right? So, you know, it's it's kind of the thing where there's a bunch of variables that are shaking this up to where GPUs are finally dropping and becoming a bit more affordable. They're still way overpriced. Um, and I was looking the other day at like a 1660, and it was like in the 600s. I have a 1660 and I paid like close <laughs> to three, I think, for it. So like they're still way inflated in pricing, but that's better than the nine hundred dollars it was two months ago or three months right. ago. You know? So um it's good to see. GPUs have become more affordable. It's gonna be more affordable to build a PC now, again, finally. After it was for a while, and then it wasn't, and then it was for a long time where everything kicked off, and then it wasn't again because you had to pay two thousand dollars to get yourself a RTX thirty ninety or something, you know. Yeah. 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 I think you took all of my points. So, yeah. If you're, look, if you're looking for a PC, now's not quite the time, but we're getting there <laughs> soon. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the morning announcements. We're going to move on to Roundtable. We have a singular topic of discussion that we discuss. And this is going to be another iteration of overrated, underrated. And that's where we have these uh, gaming topics. They can be anything, they can be out of left field. And we, we we tell you where we think we're over, they're overrated or underrated or appropriate. one 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 appropriately rated right you give one an appropriate <laughs> rating so we'll go through that uh, all right Corey you ready for this I'm ready man we got the five let's go first one up kind of mentioned it when we were talking about uh, the in-game ads battle passes. Yes. Now, um, uh, you go ahead. You, I, I was going to say that I know that you got one for Halo, right? For that's Halo the Infinite? only one I've ever bought. Okay. And it was not worth it. Hmm. I will go out and say that it was not worth it. But I'm going to say, as a whole, battle passes are underrated. Why is that? Why? Why is it? Because. Yeah. As far as I know, they're mostly in free-to-play games. I'm sure there's been a couple battle passes in uh, fully paid games, probably. I, I know that for a fact there's been a couple. But for the most part, they're in free-to-play games. And and they don't do anything, per se. They don't make you – they don't give you advantages. They just give you um, aesthetics. That's all they usually give you. And usually when you buy a battle pass, they give you enough credits or coins or money to buy the next battle pass if you complete that battle pass. So in a free-to-play game where this company's not making any money because, you know, hopefully they're not putting ads in the middle of their game, this is a good way for them to make money without intruding on the people that just want to play it for free. I myself have played Fortnite for over 100 hours back in the day when it came out. And when Battle Passes were first coming out, never bought one. And I still got to enjoy the game like everyone else for that 100 hours. Rocket League, same way. I have over 500 hours in that game. Never put a dime into Rocket League. I feel kind of bad about it because I have so many hours into it. But they do have a Battle Pass. And like I said, it's it's customization things. And that's cool. Would I like that stuff? Yeah, I'd like that stuff. There's really cool, you know, car skins and tires and all that. And I wish I had it. But I value 
the freemium stuff, you know, like it, it was free to me and I don't ever have to put a dime into it to play it as the same as everyone else. So I enjoy that aspect. And as long as they don't get scummy and put things in there that are, you know, lead you to better victories or easier victories, I don't mind them. And I think they get a bad rap, but for the most part, they are in free to play games and they don't bother the people that don't buy them. So for me, they are underrated. Mm. And you, Jeremy, are going to tear that argument up. I believe battle passes are appropriately rated. Really? Wow, you you only get one, man. I know. I okay. believe battle passes are a necessary evil. Hmm. They can't you can't have Fortnite or Apex or whatever other of these games are. They can't just let them, they just can't have them out there for free. Right. They just they cost money. They cost money to update. They update, cost money to keep going, keep running them and different stuff like that. They've got to find some way to, to monetize that. Battle passes seems the least intrusive way of being able to gain that financial support while still providing some type of value to the player. Um, it's it's much preferable to things like loot boxes or packed away DLC type of things where you're blocking off maps, battlefield. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is a necessary evil for that to function. So I believe that it's appropriately rated. Don't like it, but we need it. Not going to hate on that. You know, we only get one properly rated, so I couldn't use it there. But, uh, I guess the question I ask myself when talking about battle passes, would I rather all that, um, stuff be in the game, but I pay $60 for it, or would I rather game be free and I just don't get that stuff? I'd rather it be free. You know, I'd like yeah. I like free things and the quality of free to play games have skyrocketed, mm-hmm. you know, since the uh, Xbox 360 PS4, you know, that generation on the Xbox 360 PS3 and on. Like, right. it's just incredible. These game, games are triple A and really good. Mm-hmm. Sure. Next one is Resident Evil. The franchise. David, you coward. Yeah, yeah. This was supposed to be the uh, the child, the baby of which he was supposed to protect <laughs> from the from that's, the wolves. That's a you poetic know. way to put it. Uh, but he he has uh, abandoned his post for such. So we shall uh, we shall have at it. Um, Corey, yeah, is Resident yeah. Evil overrated or underrated? I will let you take him to the wolves because I will say it's just a wee bit overrated just a wee bit um when you take the series as a whole you can't deny the fact that resident evil one was um monumental for the horror genre you know people still look back at the game and it's 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 a classic for a reason and they've remade it and remastered it and it still holds up for the most part some of those controls are a little wonky but that's a that's an all-timer um resident evil 4 is looked at as one of the best games of all time you can't deny that the Resident Evil 2 remake was up for game of the year. So like with all those things going, how is the series just a wee bit overrated? Because they have a lot of trash. There's a lot of trash in that series. But besides their mainline games, they put out a lot of stuff that's just not quality. And even with their mainline games, as good as they can be, there's still been a couple stinkers in there. I know people like Resident Evil 5. But that was uh, 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 quite worse than Resident Evil 4, in my opinion. Resident Evil 6 was not good. Resident Evil 7 was a nice little bounce back, and 8 was a good game. But another thing about these games is they're, they're really short 
for the most part, all these games are extremely short, like less than 10 hours. I know RE4 is is the exception. It's very long, and that's probably why it's looked at as one of the best games of all time. But you're looking at RE2 Remake that can be beat in two to three hours, four hours, and just a regular playthrough. Not even like a speed run. RE7, same way, a, a, a handful of hours. RE8, maybe a little bit longer than that. But these games are, are good, but short, and they're not as good as they previously previously were with re1 and then you know the pinnacle being re4 so we bit overrated um yeah i'm going <laughs> overrated on this bad thing. Ah. that's pretty obvious huh yeah i mean this series i mean for one for one give <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna slap my hands clap my hands as i say this Give Dino Crisis its respect. <laughs> Give Dino Crisis its respect. Resident Evil ripped Dino Crisis, okay? We all know this. We don't say it because we feel like we're going to offend the all, all Holy Father or something. We don't want to do that, but we all know it to be true, okay? So Resident Evil started in theft. It started in theft, okay? Now, like you said, those beginning games, RE1, RE2, right? Mm-hmm. RE3, RE4, those are great classics. Now, yeah. is it partially because it thieved a format <laughs> that was already Pro- there? Probably, yeah. Probably, right? But then, like you said, they try to do some things, you know, with 5 and 6, and it got a little bit crazy. And, you know, they got all the other, like, offshoot ones. Those are, like, you know... Those are the mainline ones are the ones are like that are worth attention. They have right. all those offshoot ones that are like poopy, except for a couple of them. But a lot of them are pretty poopy. And then, like you said, it was kind of like six was that culmination of this thing is falling off. It's not any good anymore. And then, you know, seven came along and they reinvented in seven. Do you want to know what they did with seven? They stole again. <laughs> they stole from PT. PT, they yeah. stole again. And that's how they reinvented the series forward. This series, from a format perspective, has no originality. I'm sorry to say. Okay? It wasn't the first to come up. Now, here's the thing. Did it help mainstream the zombie the zombie thing in gaming? Yes. But into re- in regards to its game mechanics and different stuff like that, there's no originality in it. Any, everything that it had or innovated upon was taken from something else that actually did it first, that actually innovated on it first. This Resident Evil franchise is completely overrated, and I understand why people love it. I understand, but it's overrated, and I'm going to come to the defense of Dino Crisis, (laughs) mostly because I want a Dino Crisis game. What happened? What's happening, guys? (laughs) So Resident Evil is the European colonizer's of the video game series. Absolutely. Stole culture, stole land, stole Absolutely. everything. Everything they owe is to other things. Absolutely. <laughs> Come up with an original idea. Evil. <laughs> Be original for once. Ugh. All right. Next up, Naughty Dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like you're going to be very very mean to them so i will go first and i will say that they are properly rated now mm-hmm. um 
to be to be overrated or underrated, you got to be rated at all to begin with. And I think mm-hmm. Naughty Dog is looked at as nearly the pinnacle of gaming studios. Mm-hmm. And if you're just looking at the Last of Us franchise, you would probably say they were a little bit overrated. But Naughty Dog is a is a company with a long history. And I feel like they've done a good job because they started off and they they probably even started off before Crash. But Crash was their first mainline series where they pumped out what three or four games, three games and then a, a cart racer. Mm-hmm. And they, they could have rested on that. They could have been the goofy platforming company, you know, but they didn't. They went to Jack and Dexter, which was a little bit more open world, a little bit more serious. Uh, the protagonist, you know, they talked. They, and then they went to Uncharted where they did like this big um, epic scope. And then they went to Last of Us, which was a very personal story. And they've, they've adapted and they've grown. And they've, st- they've kept in the game industry at top tier level for over 20 years at this point. So if you're just looking at The Last of Us, yeah, that's probably a little overrated. You know, this they're not the end all be all of all games ever. So, mm-hmm. um, but as a whole, I think they are properly properly rated. They're one of the best game developers in the business for sure. Yeah, uh, let's get this out the way with me straight up, up front. I hate Naughty Dog. I know you do. I hate Naughty Dog, almost with a passion, strangely enough. I hate Naughty Dog. Um, Naughty Dog is underrated. What? What? Wow. If you, if you, ever so slightly, if you, you mentioned it, every single thing that they've made, except, I mean, arguably, for, except for Jack and Dexter, everything is a pillar of gaming history. Yeah, Crash is a pillar in gaming, right? Yeah, the Uncharted series is a pillar. That is one of the identifiable franchises of the PlayStation brand. And you have The Last of Us that comes along, and again, I will say the the first Last of Us, that just that wasn't one of the best stories told in gaming. That's one of the best stories told, right? As far as in media, right? Um. Naughty Dog does an exceptional job. And to have that kind of variety in its game, go from kind of like, you know, childish platformer to, you know, a more kind of Indiana Jones action adventure to something that's as dire and as personal um, as The Last of Us, right? Like to have that variety, that range as a developer, you know, we talked about From Software, From Software, Elden Ring, you know, but it's like the same though, right? right? It's pretty much the same feeling, the same energy, the same atmosphere. There's tweaks, but it's pretty much the general same voice. They've been able to switch voices in regards to how they work, and each one has been a home run, essentially. In regards to From Software, you know, they had games before the Souls games. You know, before Demon's Souls, they did like Armored Core, but they are definitely known for the, the Souls genre. Yeah. Like Naughty Dog, like you talk to a different person, they have way different opinions. Like, right. like Naughty Dog to me, it is The Last of Us. That's where I, I fell in love with, with their games. Yeah, I, I Crash is okay to me. Never even played a Jack and Dexter, and I didn't like Uncharted. But, you know, they're a, a company that they made a franchise that I think is just incredible. And if you ask my wife, man, Crash Bandicoot was her whole childhood. She loved those games. And if you talk right. to David, man, Jack and Dexter is a franchise that needs to come back. And it's just incredible that they can do this over 20 years with such different franchises. So mm-hmm. I, I like that underrated pick, Jeremy. That was yeah. that was surprising. <laughs> Again, I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, they're underrated. Next one is <laughs> Sonic 
the hedgehog. Oh man. And we are talking about the entirety of the IPs, not just a specific game or anything like right. that. The entirety, the collection of it. Is Sonic the Hedgehog underrated or overrated, Corey? Right, right. So um I, I had a thought before Sonic Origins was announced. You know, they, mm. they did the two movies that were well-respected. They've done TV shows for years, it seemed like. They have mm. a comic book series coming out, and some of their games are decent. But I'm going to go overrated here as mm. an IP. Uh, they do stuff like Sonic Origins. They do they do things like this all the time. They've made horrible games for, like, 20 years. Like, just straight-up mm. trash that, as a Sonic fan growing up, like, that was my first love, Sega and Sonic. I can't buy them. I can't justify buying those games. So while they were moving up towards the, hey, they're kind of they're kind of underrated a little bit because they made um, Sonic Mania. I don't know if you remember that one that yep. came out a couple years ago, and people loved it. Mm-hmm. But, but where have they gone since then? You know, they made the two movies, but their games aren't there. You know, they got this new one coming out, Sonic Frontiers, that looks like it'll probably be a dumpster fire to the to the nth degree. Like, I can't imagine that succeeding at all. And it's just like, Sonic Team, you, you're, you suck. You're no good. <laughs> and you are definitely overrated because if you weren't overrated, then people wouldn't be letting you make games anymore because you're just not that great. Um, uh, that's That was very strong wording. Very yeah. strong wording. For a iconic yeah, game yeah. character franchise. Oh, okay. I mean, Duke Nukem's iconic. You're right. He ain't good. And um, much like how Duke Nukem died by the wayside, I feel Sonic the Hedgehog should have faced the same fate. But for some <laughs> reason, we keep we keep reanimating this corpse. Uh, look, I understand the movies are doing well. Good for them. Good for Jim Carrey. Here's the thing, okay? Sonic the Hedgehog, like you said, 20 years of poop. Just straight feces, okay? I remember, and like you said, because I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which to me is like, I think it's maybe the most most well-known one. To Mm -hmm. me, it's the one, the only one that's like actually like really good. Yeah. Uh, The other ones are like middling to bad to poop. (laughs) And so... You know, playing that, having that experience, and then I remember when the Dreamcast came out, one of the first things I wanted to get was a new Sonic game on the Dreamcast. And I remember popping it open, popping it in there, playing it, and as a child, as a child, I didn't know what I was thinking in my head, but (laughs) what the F happened in my mouth? It happened in my mind. And that's been the thing that's happened in my mind in every subsequent Sonic, Sonic game since, okay? Except for the outlier of a Sonic Mania. Which is really just using the mechanics of the old ones. And and it it wasn't even developed by Sonic Team. It wasn't even developed by the Sonic Team. I mean, technically it was, but it wasn't. It was developed by uh, Christian Whitehead, who was doing the ports for the Sonic Mobile games. Right. He made this. So they don't even get credit for that. Right. Um, Yeah, this thing is, this, this, it needs to go. It doesn't fit the current stream of gaming. Sonic the Hedgehog, I think, out of anything, has probably struggled the worst with the move to 3D. Yeah. And it it shows it's a, it's a 2D game that should have stayed in that should have stayed in that in that mode. If you're going to make new Sonic games, make new 2D Sonic games because that's the way it works. But this new thing, like you said, Frontier, it's going to be a, a, a gigantic gallivanting dumpster fire. And I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, Sonic the Hedgehog, overrated. Get this trash out of here, man. I understand that Sonic almost won our game character tourney bracket. I understand that, but it's try to get it out of here. 
Last, uh, last item on the round table. Open world RPGs. Mm. Are open world RPGs, which have taken the gaming industry by storm. That seems to be all we get now. Are they underrated or overrated? Good question, Jeremy. Um, so the thing is, when you have a really good open world RPG, they kind of tend to be some of the best games ever made. <laughs> like, that's just fact. You know, Elden Ring comes out, open world RPG. It's done excellently. Man, one of the best games ever made. Some people consider Zelda an RPG. I really don't, but it's it's close enough. And that game, mm-hmm. one of the best ever. Uh, Witcher 3, that's an open world RPG. I know it's kind of broke it off into zones a little bit with its world, but mm-hmm. one of the best games ever made. But there are there's a lot of these games. Yeah. And and 95% of them aren't Witcher 3, Breath of the Wild, Elden Ring, or one of those other very, very excellent games that come out. So mm-hmm. this genre as a whole is is way overrated. Um, if you were to randomly choose one of the open art world RPGs on a shelf without looking at it, you would probably pick up trash. That's mm-hmm. just facts. There's a couple good ones, but for the most part, they're not good at all. And that's, that's really all I got to say about it. I don't think it's a good genre um, unless... A game is getting just pristine reviews. I really won't even look at this genre. Mm. Yeah, when the, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. When they're done right, they're exceptional games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned like, but that that accounts for the other ninety five percent don't hit that mark. Well, that's because the other ninety five percent are Ubisoft games. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as open world RPGs, overrated. I love open world RPGs. That's almost mostly what I play, right? Right. Elder Scrolls, open world RPG. Witcher, open world RPG, right? Um, you can even argue that Mountain Blade Bannerlord is an open world RPG to some extent, right? So, but yeah, there's way too many of them. I, if they aren't like those those bigger franchises, and even some of the bigger ones, like my personal opinion, Fallout Four kind of blows, right? <laughs> my personal, but you know. For every for every one of those, like you know, you'll get a trash open world game. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's so many of them. I can't even name one off the bat. Watch Dogs. Let's 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 say Biomutant. 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 Right. <laughs> a trash open world. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'll get a Mad Max. Right. That's like yeah, a good open world game. That's not like a major inline thing of a franchise or something. But by and large, man, they're trash. You know, they're they're trash. I, yeah. I, I think the issue is with. With a big open world, it demands so much from you. You know, they got points everywhere on the map. And most yeah. of them just don't justify your effort into it. They don't pay off, you know. And that's why these good ones are so good because the mission you take and you traveling all that time, they pay off. But most of them, they just don't. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, the ones that do it well, I mean, all the credit to the world too. I forgot I forgot the team right offhand, but the uh, Horizon, Horizon developers. Gorilla. Yeah, Gorilla, like Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West, they're they're really good open world RPGs. That seems to be right. something they understand they know how to do, but a lot of places won't. I mean, they're they're trash. I mean, come on, guys. And I've played a lot of them. I play two worlds. I mean, come on, guys. It's <laughs> they're terrible. They're, they're mostly God, terrible. God bless your soul, Jeremy. <laughs> I actually didn't think it was that bad. That shows how bad they are. <laughs> um, yeah, that is it for a round table. You guys let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be back with Was It Worth It? This level of the Thoughts and Players podcast was made possible by your support. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to like, rate, and share the show, as well as contribute to our community questions and segments. Doing so helps the show grow, keeps our content engaging, and most importantly, make sure your voice is heard. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. And we are back with more thoughts and players. We're moving on to our favorite segment and your favorite segment, Was It Worth It? And for this, Was It Worth It? We're talking about a game that came out this year. We didn't do too much talking about it when it came out, but... You know, it's it's a new one. It's a biggie. Kind of mentioned it earlier. And that is Horizon Forbidden West. Mm. The PlayStation 5. 4, 5 exclusive that came out <laughs> this February. I was going to say just 5, but then I remember there was a hack where you could get the PS4 version. And you get a free upgrade to the PS5 version. Okay, but yeah. So there you go. So obviously we're going to run through the, uh, the 5 categories we have or five things that we assess which is visual sound and music story technical and then of course the gameplay so i'm gonna mostly take this Corey's played some of it as well so obviously he'll have his insight but we're gonna want to step you through this it'll be um a little quick because i did play this game a while ago but um i did i did have some thoughts on it so we're going through it so we're going to start off with the visuals i played this on the ps5 I have the PS5 version of it. Corey, PS5? Yes. All right. So let's talk about the visuals. This game is gorge. <laughs> okay. It is a gorgeous game. They start you off in this kind of like jungle locale that really gets to take advantage of the, the colors, the greens, and the reds, and the blues. The graphical fidelity is great. The the um, the The facial animations and all that stuff is incredibly impressive and immersive wonder how they do some of that stuff visually this game is a delight man like i like i look at it and i love looking at it as i play it i took some screenshots of it on my playstation i got to set it up to where i can export it and do different stuff like that but it's a beautiful game man. visuals are fantastic yeah i think it's safe to say it's probably one of the top four or five console games in terms of graphics how nice it looks yeah. um yeah. I feel like I mentioned this on the podcast, but like Ratchet and Clank is always compared to like Pixar. This looks more Pixar to me. Like it doesn't have yeah. like that totally realistic, you know, their faces are like more rounded and soft. And this yeah. looks more Pixar to me than like Ratchet and Clank. Like this looks amazing when you're yeah. playing it. Like oh, yeah. it, 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 it's almost worth it just to like showcase if you have, you know, if you want to showcase your PS5 graphics, like this is right. almost worth it just to show that. Yeah, this definitely takes advantage of the hardware. Yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah. Visually, it's incredible. Uh, sound and music. The, the sound is, um, I mean, it does its job. It, <laughs> it's, that's what I can really say. Like, when you're jumping around, you hear the feet hit the ground where you're running or different stuff like that. Um, you know, combat and stuff. You feel the weight behind the weapons when you're, when you're attacking these robo-dinosaurs and everything, stuff like that. The music is subtle but it, it plays its part it does it does its job you know when you're in combat the music changes it intensifies and it follows that whole format so i'd say like sound and music are very much adequate for this game nothing's like incredible but i think it definitely um matches the standard of like you know what's necessary or what's typically expected for games like this especially if horizon so yeah just a uh, a shout out to the voice acting alloy 
alloy is yeah. really well done. And it seems like every supporting uh, cast member, whether they're like big or small is, mm-hmm. is really one well done as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that's good. It's really good. Um, let's go into story. Now, like I was kind of talking before, like, uh, you know, what is the story? <laughs> I, it's what is it? I played. Explain yeah. it to me, please. So the story is basically there's uh let me see. Let me see. Let me see if I can find the synopsis of it really quick because I have it here. Uh, it, it is a continuation of Horizon for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Alloy is going um, to going west to the frontiers to like Fivel. Yeah, to to find uh, the source of this mysterious plague that kills and affects and everything, and basically try to find a, a way to resolve it or a way to stop it from happening. Um, there's like a really interesting. Thing that happens in the story very early on in the story where there's like this uh central lady in the future that kind of like has all this stuff set up and uh alloy ac- you know ac- accesses the computer and she looks just like the lady and she finds out that she's actually a a replica in some ways of this clone woman, you know like a clone yeah essentially of her uh which is really nice but yeah so you know they're going forward and trying to figure out you know what's infecting uh, and killing all the things that are happening that they, you know, they discovered in Zero Dawn, and that's the general, you know, gist of the story. Uh, again, I was I was trying to remember some of the other details of it, but it's just, it's been a minute. But I will say that the t- the story, while while obviously not staying with you, uh, is good enough to propel you to continue playing the game. You know, that's kind of the assessment I can give it. So. I know you like the uh, first game. Did you did you finish the first game or? Um, I think I got like three fourths of the way through it. Okay, so I played like four or five hours of the first game. I thought it was pretty decent, but uh, man, I did not care for the story at all. I have no yeah. like, you know, these characters are popping up. I have I have no history with them at all, really, mm-hmm. and I just don't care. I don't care what they're saying, and that makes it really hard to go through some of these cutscenes. And I, I did watch a uh, a video explaining Horizon, uh, the first game, yeah. and it was it was kind of long. It was thirty minutes or something like that, and it was it explained everything. You know, I figured out that that chick was you know Alloy is a clone, and that's technically her mother, and they got some powers. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't care. And this story, when I came into it, it's just like. I just, ah, man, it's really hard to get invested. So if you have not played yeah. the first one and you're going into this one, I, I feel like you'll kind of feel the same because they they go in with the thought process that, hey, you know the first game and you remember the first game and you are in that world and you are, you know, engaged. And I just wasn't. Right. So uh, did not hit for me at all. Yeah. At all. Oh, yeah, for sure. The first game, much easier or not, maybe easier. It's a much more engrossing story. I feel like it, it, okay, it sinks it sinks its hooks into you a little bit better than, than it, it had like a a mystery to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't say like I don't think the story in this game is bad. I think it's adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these other categories that we like mentioned definitely exceed it exponentially as far as the story and the writing. But I think if you're invested, if you pay enough attention, like I was invested in the cutscenes, different stuff like that. I think it's enough there to propel you to want to keep playing if you're if you're like really into this game, really getting into it. But I mean, no, like it's been three months, three, you know, two and a half, something, whatever. I don't have a lot of recollection of the story. It's not that something that sticks with you. 
I think even a game that's surprisingly, a game like the Medium. I, yeah. Oddly enough, that yeah. story stays with me. I know that. I, I remember that story. Yeah, it was so bad that yeah, it stuck with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get into the technical aspects. This is PS5. The PS5 has some issues sometimes with a lot of the technical aspects, but this one, I didn't have any technical issues with it. It was a smooth play. Um, you know, not a lot of hiccups with with. I don't think I had any frame rate drops or dips or anything at all. I I think it was just a smooth technical experience for me are you playing it on performance i think so yeah okay yeah me too it it ran ran great yeah there's there is one issue i have that thinks more of a gameplay thing than a technical thing i can get into so yeah technical no issue let's move on to the gameplay now since i have it at top of mind yeah go ahead i'll get into the first gameplay and it's criticism Dude, got to get rid of these invisible walls. What's going on here? Oh, I'm so happy you brought that up. This game has oh way God. too many you. invisible walls, especially when navigating and 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 moving and traversing the 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 the, the areas is an essential part of this game. I'm trying to climb up to get somewhere, and I'm like, ah, this crack is big enough to fit five humans through. I should easily be able to climb through it as alloy. <laughs> no, because it's a wall there. Why is it a wall? It goes to out. It's a. It's outside, and it goes to other outside. Why can't I go through it? You know, um, yeah. The invisible walls are really nerve. It's they're, they're yeah, almost yeah. they're experience breaking because. There's so many other good play things, oh. gameplay things in this game that it does well, right? Like combat is decent. The stealth is pretty good, you know. Um, having to, you know, use your bow and and aim at certain um, uh, like weak points at the enemy and stuff like that. You know, a lot of things brought over from the previous game. All that stuff works well and is immersive and really fun, you know. But um, these invisible walls, dude. I mean, yeah, they are killing me. Yeah, if I could jump on a point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the towns you go to, it has like these big uh, spiked wooden pillars, right? Kind of mm-hmm. guarding the town. And yeah. uh, you know, they tell you to go through the front entrance. And that's fine. You know, I was a little bit away from that. So I'm like, OK, I'm going to make some really good platforming here because there wasn't anything I could climb on. It was just me jumping from rock to rock. And I mm-hmm. and I did it after a few minutes. I felt like nice. I was like, oh, this was fun. This was fun. And I was at the top of the pillars literally it wasn't even barely a jump and I jump and I hit that invisible wall. And like you said, it just took me straight out of it. I'm like, I cannot believe cause like on the other side of that wall is the town that I can just go in and I could right. walk to that spot. It's like, right. why in God's name do they put the invisible wall here? You know, it took right. a moment where I was feeling good about myself. Like, cool. Yeah. I made a nice little platform. And it's just like, why, why? And it feels, it feels so dated. And I know a yeah. lot of games don't do this, but breath of the wild did. And Horizon should have learned because Horizon came out right around the, the Breath of the Wild the first time. Yeah. And that was the major thing where it was like, oh, man, Horizon's great. Breath of the Wild is, is revolutionary. Every cl- Everything you can climb on, you can make it to any area, nothing stopping you. Right. And it's just like it feels like that's a move they should have made where you have the ability to climb on everything and go anywhere. But, yeah, it does take you out for sure. I mean, like, so uh, three – Three games, I mean, you know, three games that I had played recently, like leading up to that, one of them's a little bit older, so I'll just go with the two. And that is Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. and that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
You can just go places. You can go just, anywhere. There's no invisible walls. Nothing's heck unattainable. Freaking, heck freaking Assassin's Creed. You can climb, you can climb like a cliff. Like a like a straight cliff. You can just climb up it. All right. You can go <laughs> anywhere. And the idea that this game is as beautiful, it invites you to explore it in some ways, but you can't because they put a wall there. You know, I, I hit that, and this is this was another bad thing, another experience I had with another game. I hit that uh, wall, this invisible wall, and I'm like, well, what is this, Outriders? This is supposed to be Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West. What's going on here, you know? Um, yeah, they really got to get rid of that. But other parts of it, besides the gameplay, they're really good. <laughs> right, right. They're really good. It's it's really good. The gameplay is really good. Like I said, the combat feels really nice. The different mechanics as far as range versus melee, that's cool. Um, the way you're able to traverse certain areas, you know, where you're climbing something, um, you know, kind of like, and it's, you know, it's, it's you're going to be reminded of like your Uncharted or your Tomb Raider in regards to how that whole thing functions. But it functions well. The gameplay is great. But I think the reason why we've kind of ragged on the invisible walls is because it's su it's such an immersion breaking thing. Right. That I would probably think that the gameplay was even better than I think it is if those invisible walls weren't there. But they take you out of the experience. Um, so, yeah, just be a, if you're someone yeah. where invisible walls drive you nuts, <laughs> then, uh-oh, you know, you're going to run into a lot of those with this game. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a shame that we start off on that. It, it needs to be said, though. It definitely needs to be yeah. said because it's so just like mind blowing. But the gameplay really is spectacular in this game for the most part. You know, I talked about platforming up the rocks to get to that invisible wall. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. The platforming is a lot of fun in this game. Yeah. And, and they don't. And there's like um, Tomb Raider type areas mm -hmm. where you're trying to figure out and puzzle out. And those those are surprisingly a good time. Yeah. And speaking of just the combat. I think it does it so well because it gives you options to attack a situation that how you want to. Right. And there's so many games that don't do that, you know, yeah. where it's like, hey, there's this enemy and there's one way to kill them. Like you have all these different traps. You have all these different types of arrows. You have stealth. You have melee. And it's fun to explore those options and see which one kind of works best for your play style. And with like the um the bar, you know the um leveling up and getting those new skills, yep. you can really customize Alloy to be kind of the warrior that you want her to be. So, mm -hmm. um, pretty good gameplay. Like I said, the invisible walls are just one of those things that had to be said. Yeah, it's yeah, it just had to be said. It's oh man, uh, but like you said, all the other stuff is done so well. And yeah, gameplay for this you know, gameplay is really good. It's very right. good. Right. It's just that one thing. It's it's such a out of left field. Like it's out what? of left field, and it just really throws you. Yes, you know, yeah, that makes it feel like, oh my god, what is this? Nineteen ninety nine. What's going on here? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but with all that being said, Horizon Forbidden West was it worth it? Now, at release, it was seventy dollars on PlayStation Five, sixty on PS Four. Um, that was another hack. Get to PS Four for sixty, and I uh right. yeah so was it worth it i'm going to say yes i'm going to say that it is it is a triple a open world rpg it is of a very high quality um some of the best visuals i've seen in video games facial animations like i said it's some it's wild like you said the pixar thing it's nutty um you know like i said gameplay very good the story if you can get invested will prepare you will help you go through and complete the game 
Um, yeah, I, th- I think that Gorilla did another bank up job of a game here. So yeah, worth it. 60, 70 bucks worth it. Yeah. Um, so my opinion on this is when the first horizon came out, it was right by breath of the wild. And that kind of ate up the conversation. Everyone played breath of the wild and mm-hmm. this horizon came out and man, they just have bad time release release dates because Elden ring came out and I played horizon for a week. You know, got got a decent amount of hours, not not enough, but a decent amount. And then I played Elden Ring for two months. Yeah. So has Horizon been worth it to me? It 100 percent has not. Mm-hmm. Can I see a very, very good game in there? Yes, I see a very good game. Am I going to go back to it? I don't know. I'm not really the type of gamer to stop something and then go back later as much as, you know, you are. I know you do that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me. I will say at the end of the year, it probably isn't worth it for me. But um, everything that we've talked about, it's probably worth it for you, listener, if you have not played this game. It probably is. So, yes. Yeah, yeah it's fair. They got to get the timing right. You know, they, they right. got to put feelers out there. It's like, oh, man, you released your your game, like, back-to-back. All-time when, greats. All-time greats? Like, all-time bad greats. Timing. Very bad timing. Oof. <laughs> Villa to you, Gorilla. Well, when you make Horizon Forgotten South or whatever you're going to call the next one, you know, <laughs> make sure you put those feelers out so you don't release it when, you know, they come out with, you know, knowing them, it'll be the same month they, they released Elder Scrolls 6. And then it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for Was It Worth It, though. We're saying that it is worth it. Just as long as you don't also plan on buying Elden Ring, but it may not be worth it. Uh, it is game time, of course. Game we are time. going to play the game of back and forth. Or there and back again. Or there and back again. That's right. That's yes. what we actually call it. <laughs> uh, there and back again. And, of course, you know, it's it's uh, it's essentially hot potatoes. We have a topic. Hot potato, yeah. List it off. Whoever gets caught not knowing what it is, they eh, eh. and, you know, we got three of them that we do, three rounds, three topics. Let's start it off, Corey. What's going to be our first topic? We are going to do Sonic the Hedgehog games. So Sonic we are the Hedgehog games. We're going to yeah. list through all eighty or ninety games that they've ever made. We're not going to miss one. So uh, I will start it first, if that's cool with you. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, okay. Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog two. Sonic the Hedgehog three. Mm, okay. Um, I want to go Sonic Free Riders. Sonic 06. Sonic Boom. Sonic Forces. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic Adventure 2. Sonic Adventures. Nice. Uh, wow, why am I blanking here? Uh, we are going to go with Sonic Heroes. We are going to go with Sonic and Tails 3. That feels like a little bit of a cheat, but I will allow it. Uh, we are going to go Sonic CD. Have we said that? I feel like no, no we, have we haven't. Okay. Whew. There's all the Sonic Origin games picked now. <laughs> we are going to go Sonic Mania. Oh, good one. Sonic Colors? Sonic Colors? 
I mean, that's definitely a game. I didn't know if we had said it. <laughs> no, we haven't. Sonic Frontiers. I believe. Oh, I know you haven't said that. Shoot, that one's not even out yet. Uh, Sonic and the Black Guardian. Or Black Knight. Sonic and the Black Knight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting dinged for that. I, I don't think that sounds that sounds like a Sonic game. I mean, Sonic and the Black Knight. Is, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm going to look it up real quick, though. But you can go on. Don't okay. don't wait for me. <clears throat> you, um, yeah, Sonic and the Black Knight. OK, yeah. you said Sonic 06, right? I'm going yes. Sonic and Sonic Saturn. Sonic Saturn Genesis. What? Is that Sonic Saturn Genesis? Oh my. Sonic Spinball? What? Yeah, the pinball game. No, yeah, I lost. There's no there's no <laughs> such thing as Sonic Saturn Genesis. That sounds that sounds ridiculous. I was gonna give it to you, honestly. I don't know. That there's a hundred Sonic I, games. I couldn't, I couldn't let you do that because because <laughs> it's, it's 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 so it's so bad. There's a hundred Sonic games, man. It sounded legit like one of their stupid oh, titles. Yeah. No, yeah, it was Sonic uh, uh, yeah, Sonic 3, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. There's Sonic R. Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic Jam, Sonic Extreme. Yeah, this game, this IP is so garbage. All right, so yeah. I lost that one. Uh, what's our next? What's our next category? Uh, I think we were doing Western open world RPGs. This is this is true. Can, can you let me go first on this one? Absolutely. Uh, Western, as in made in America. Made, Correct. Made in not the in Japan. Not in <laughs> not, not yeah. Not Japanese RPGs excluded. All right, so uh, I'm gonna go with the Elder. I'm gonna go with Skyrim because I'm not even sure what Elder Scrolls that is. Okay. Skyrim. Are, are we allowing like more than one game? Multiple. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's take say, them all, man. Let's go. Elder Scrolls Daggerfell. Oblivion. Morrowind. Arena. Ooh, very nice. Um, well, I'm gonna jump out of that and let's go The Witcher 2. Okay, let's go Fallout 4. Ooh, okay. Let's go Fallout New Vegas. Then I will go Fallout 3. Okay. Then let's go uh, Two Worlds. Two Worlds 2, baby. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go open world RPG. Let's go the Watch, watch Dogs 2. Kingdoms of Amular. Is that open world? I don't even know. I'll, 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 <laughs> I, I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, okay, I have no clue. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, so yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur, very nice. Um, yeah, let's go Mad Max. I mentioned that. Let's go Mad Max. Mm, okay. Uh, Neverwinter Nights. Is that a is that uh, open world? I, I think that's a I, I think that's a MMO. Is that a? No, I don't think so. I think it's an R, regular RPG. It might be. Am I, I? I honestly have. Yeah, that is that is true. Yes, Neverwinter Nights. Very nice. Thank you. All right, you got it. Neverwinter Nights. That is cool. I am going to go with 
Um, oh, I'm going to go with Outer Worlds. Dang, I was trying to think of that. Um, let's go with Divinity Original Sin. Mm, it's very good. Okay, I am going to go with Wasteland 3. That's a good one. Let's go with Dragon Age Origins. You you can stop me at any time if I get these wrong. I think that's I think that's open world. I'll let that go. Okay. I'll go with Dragon Age Inquisition because I I know that that's that's, that's even better. Um, let's go with Pillars of Eternity. Ah, pots. Very nice. Um, I am going to default back to Wasteland Two. Then I'm going with Pillars of Eternity Two. <laughs> Is there a, there's a pots too? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh wow, this is this is getting interesting. Okay, I am going to go with Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, Disco Elysium. I believe that's a Western made game. Mm. It's as open world as any of them. Yeah. Uh, okay. kind of a li- it's kind of a liberal take on open world, probably. Yeah, okay. Well, let's go with what should have been my game of the year in Ghost of Tsushima. Okay, you're taking a little bit of liberty with the RPG aspect. I I appreciate it. I mean, you get to upgrade. You, you get to upgrade. Up, skill you get to upgrade. Stuff. Yeah. I'm just trying to buy myself some time. Mm. Uh, we're gonna go with Divinity Original Sin Two. Okay. Okay. Um. Well then. I'm going to hit you with a Bard's Tale 3. God. Technomancer. Technomancer? Have you heard of it? I have. It's open world? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm asking. I, I feel like that's more of like an action adventure, but you could be right. Let's, it let's... says it's an action role-playing video game. Yeah, but is it open world, though? I have zero clue. I'm just naming things now. Okay. Okay. Um, well, then I'm going to go with, hmm, you know what? I'll go with Mafia 2. RPG? Actually, hey, nah, no, nah, that's actually not an RPG. <laughs> that's actually not an RPG. That's an open world game, but it's not an yes. open world RPG. Actually, but then is Technomancer an open world RPG? <laughs> I mean, it's an RPG for sure. I have no clue if it's open world. I, I believe it's tagged as an open world, but people people are not happy about that tag. But we got to trust the developers on this one. It's an action role playing game. The game is set during the World War One. There are three different combat styles. Yeah, people don't even like this game, so I can't even get a. a, a <laughs> I can't even get a think of if Technomancer is open world is is Technomancer because I refuse to I refuse to lose this this I refuse to lose this, <laughs> this uh, category this category yeah is I know open world is a buzzword but Technomancer is not in any way open world oh I, I mean it's oh. such a oh. It's such a hot button topic. I mean, they describe themselves as an open world. I'm just following developers, but it's contested. 
I think I'm going to give you this win because I am done. Yeah. I think I was going to try to pull out the Fable series, which I'm pretty sure isn't open world. I mean, yeah, I guess it is. Maybe I could have rode with Fable, a couple of Fables there. Fable 3 is probably at least open yeah, world. Yeah, I think Fable 3 is. And yeah. then I was thinking I'd probably go to, like, Bioware. Like, would you consider any of their games, like, any of the Mass Effects? Not really, right? No. Nah. No, Jade Empire, Kotar, nothing. Uh, I can't remember with Jade Empire. Maybe Jade Empire, but Kotar, no. Yeah, okay, um, I was, you know, I'm, I did better than I thought, to be honest. Did really with good. You, so you did better than I thought. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What was the last category for back and forth or there? I, I don't. Even, I don't even remember. Like it I was, was trying to think it as you were talking about it. It was. It was a fun one. It was. Uh, a fun one. What was it? What was it? Why am I blanking we, on it? We have an audience waiting for us right now. I know, we it's cannot... weird. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. Um, is it open it was, with RPG? It was so good. It was so good. The only one I can remember is the one that we didn't use. So what I was, was that. Maybe it'll jog my memory. It was games that got banging in them, or games that include <laughs> sex in them. No, I say, that, I say that. that more appropriately. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, but, but no, we, we can't. We can't. We can't. We really, sh- we really should have wrote it down. We probably should have. Let's just come up with oh, another. No, roguelikes. Roguelikes. Oh, roguelikes. Okay. Yes. All righty. Well, I'll start this one off because I'm probably going to lose it. So I'll start this one oh, off. Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. Enter the Gungeon. Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy 2. Dang it. Uh, Hades. Um, what's that one game? Returnal. Oh, that's a good one, man. That's a AAA one. Uh, the Binding of Isaac. Oh, nice, nice. FTL. That's a good one, too. Uh, Sifu. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's rogue. Um, 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 roguelike, roguelike, roguelike is, is, uh. uh oh. <laughs> Jeremy, I had none left. <laughs> I was, I was done. Man. I had I like, one. I had one, then I forgot it. FTL was good, man. I mean, there's a th- there's a thousand of them at this point. Oh, Dead Cells. That's that's an easy one we missed. Dead Cells. I wouldn't have came up. Hollow Knight. No, I don't think Hollow Knight's rogue. You don't think Hollow Knight's? No, that's yeah. Metroidvania for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. And what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, I got a list. We got Slay the Spire, Dead Cells, Risk of Rain, Enter the Gungeon, Faster Than Light, Binding of Isaac, Darkest Dungeon, Spelunky. Mm. Uh, we actually did pretty good uh returnal yeah kind of i mean all these other ones are really kind of small uh they got toe gem and earl as rogue like really uh, yeah i think i got to the part of the list where i shouldn't listen anymore <laughs> um well, yeah well Corey, you're taking theron back again i'll take it it, very, it was hard very, fought. Very admirable display in the open world. RPG. Hard fought. Oh, yeah, for you too, man. That was that was a good one. It was. It was. Um, well, speaking of uh, roguelikes, indie spotlight. Yes. Yes. I'm doing... excited. Yes, I'm doing Rogue Legacy. We had mentioned Rogue yeah. Legacy and Rogue Legacy Two, which came out today as we're recording. But mm-hmm. since it just came out today, I'm not going to be talking about that one. I'll be talking about the original. But you should have a good idea of what the second one is based on this. So um, Rogue Legacy 2 is a game 
I made by Cellar Door Games that I actually bought my PS4 for. Honestly, it was oh. the game I bought a PS4 for because it had such a unique premise. Now, I feel like we explain rogue games all the time on this podcast because we're always talking about them. But if you don't know what a rogue game is, it is a game where you try to kind of complete the story or mission, like the main story mission, in one run. And if you don't, you start back from the beginning, usually with nothing. Now, that tends to be an extremely difficult genre. And uh, Rogue Legacy is no different. It's very tough, but it does something really good that uh, most other ones don't do. They let you upgrade and keep those upgrade permanently based on how much money you get going through this dungeon. So you go in this big castle and it has five different biomes. You have your main one and then you have one above you that's like a forest, below you, which is like the underworld, to the right, which is something else. And you go through these different biomes and you fight through them. Some of them are harder than others and you get to a boss. And when you get to that boss, you got to kill him. And you got to complete the four bosses, main bosses in the biomes, and then you go back and you fight the main boss. And that's how you beat the game. The thing that's kind of unique about Rogue Legacy is um, the legacy part where your character lives on. So even though that character dies and he loses everything, you're getting a new person that might be named um, Sir Kevin Jr. Your first guy was Sir Kevin, and now you have Jr., and you're keeping that legacy of your family name going. Another really cool part about this thing is they give your character traits. So you would think, okay, what kind of traits? Your guy might be um, gigantic. He might be a midget. He might be gay. How does that affect you in the game? It really doesn't have any effect. Your guy's just named as gay, and that's awesome. Your guy might be um, colorblind, which then turns the entire game black and white. Your guy might be Vertigo, which then flips your entire game upside down. There's any number of traits, 20 or 30 certain traits, and they can go in any sort of pair. And it, it makes for some really, really unique gameplay and like fun gameplay where you have to pick your character based on what class you want. And there's anywhere from like five to ten classes, a warrior, barbarian, paladin, mage. And then they also get a magic which you know can vary depending how good they are or not. And then you get those traits. And that's a character you're trying to beat the entire dungeon with. You might not get the best character or the best traits, but you might get a class that you really want. And it's always random what these uh, three characters are going to be. And that makes the game so much fun. And uh, besides that, the graphics are really, really pretty. I'm looking at screenshots of them right now. Um, it's got definitely not an 8-bit style, but it's got a, what do you call it, like just a bit? Like it's pixelated almost, but not. It's you can see nearly all the details, but the outside is a little bit pixelated, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I got to give it up for the music. The music in this game is some of the best I've heard in any video game. I bought the collector's edition just to get the soundtrack. I didn't need to do that. Could have downloaded it illegally, but uh, some of these jams are so good. The game is full of secrets. Uh, you get to certain spots and the walls can be broken and there's a bunch of little mini games that you can play with hitting targets. Um, some of the secrets can only be accessed depending on the trait that you have, uh, which makes it a little bit lucky, you know, a little bit random. But when you do get that, it feels really good. Like uh, like I said, one of the traits is, is dwarfism. I, I said midget. That's not the proper term. It's dwarfism. So your guy's like two inches tall and he can fit in tiny cracks so you can get to these secret rooms. Um, it felt like there was just so much love and care put into this game. A uh, game came out 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago. When did the PS4 come out? Eight years ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay, something like so 2013, game... 2014 type of? Yeah. yeah. 
so the game came out about a year or two years before that because I remember reading it and thinking it was the coolest thing ever. And um, it deserves so much love because it's such a well-crafted game. And I wanted to talk about it this week because, like I said, Rogue Legacy 2 came out, and I did buy it today. I don't have any final thoughts or anything on it yet, but, man, it looks incredible. It kept the same kind of gameplay, the same kind of platforming that I love, and it just added to everything that I liked about that game. Uh, we're probably going to do a wasn't worth it on it next uh, next couple episodes, but uh, Rogue Legacy, if you haven't played this one, then buy two. It's out for the Xbox and PC right now. It'll definitely come to PS4 and Switch in due time. But uh, support this company. They make a fantastic game. So there you go, Rogue Legacy. There you go. Glowing, uh, glowing it's, endorsement. It's it's really my favorite. It's my favorite indie of all time. Yeah, one hundred percent. My absolute favorite. So was it like, um, like you said, like you you start from the beginning if you like fail or die on a run, it, but you keep the upgrades. So, all right, so what happens is um, as you're going through the castle, you get gold. You know, you can hit candlesticks and different – you can get chests and stuff, and you can get gold. And then when you die, you reappear at this base camp, and uh, you can build up your base camp. So you start off with nothing, and then you hire a blacksmith. Then you hire a rune person who can put runes on your weapons, and then you hire an armorer. And then you hire um, different classes. You know, that's how you unlock your classes. You start off with just a paladin, but then you can get barbarians and stuff. So you want to spend as much money as you can building up this castle because when you go to, you know, go to the main castle, uh, mm-hmm. Sharon, Sharon, is that his name? The guy of the underworld that takes you on the little boat? You okay. seem like you're kind of, yeah, he takes all your money. That's like his gig. He takes all your money. So any money you don't spend on your castle, you're losing it all. Mm. So you want to really spend, and eventually, and this is why I kind of like it, it's not one of those roguelites where it's like, man, I'm just not good enough, and there's no chance to beat it. You will probably beat this game no matter what, because eventually you'll get your upgrades so high where it's like, hey, I have a ton of health, I have a ton of damage done, you know, I have the best classes. You will be able to beat this game. And uh, I beat it six times. (laughs) I loved it so much. (laughs) And the combos that you can get, because like I said, it's all random. So when you do get that one combo, I remember I had a combo where my magic was fireballs that were around me, but they Mm -hmm. constantly um, took mana from me. But one of the skills I had or one of my traits I had was every time I killed an enemy, I regained back a lot of mana. So I turned that on and I would run through the castle killing enemies as I I I could never run out. I never ran out of that (laughs) mana or that spell. And it was just it's cool when you get uh, combinations like that. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Um, And that you can pretty much just buy that anywhere. I'm assuming like it's it's pretty much every platform. Rogue Rogue Legacy ones on everywhere. Uh, Rogue Legacy two, which I think I would recommend if you're even interested just because it's it's updated, you know. That mm-hmm. one's on Xbox right now and PC. It just gotcha. came out of early access today. Got you. Well, there you go. Rogue Legacy. Be sure to check it out, people. We're at the end of this level, which means we're going to give our final thoughts. Each have one thought we want to make that's either related or unrelated to the podcast. So I can give my final thought first. Okay. Give you some time to catch your breath. Appreciate it. Mine's is very quick. Uh, May 3rd? First week of May, whichever it is, Trek the Yomi comes Coming out. out. Coming out. I got it. Nice. I got the whole thing like pre-downloaded. I have the pre-download set on my Xbox and on my PC. I will be trying it out on both. We'll probably like it on the Xbox more. 
be easier to use with the controller, but we'll see. But I am definitely looking forward to that game. I'm wondering how difficult it's going to be because I am getting a little <laughs> bit of Sifu vibes from it. But uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That and I'm looking forward to that update. That's for sure May 3rd for Sifu. So I might right. go ahead and just and just buy it, you know. I, uh, I hope uh, Trek is not super difficult. I, I don't think I can do another one, man. I just don't like I've yeah. I've done two in a row. I, I can't do a third. But uh, my final thought is going back to Elden Ring. I don't know. I, do these words mean anything to you? Let me solo her. Yeah. You, you heard of that story. I've heard I've heard of let me solo her. Yeah. I just want to shout out that guy because it has become such a huge thing in that Elden Ring community. Now, so for anyone who don't know, you can summon um, actual players to help you fight bosses. And as I mentioned earlier, Melania is the toughest optional boss in the game, for sure. Toughest boss in the game. So there's this guy who keeps his like mark right by that boss door so people can summon him. And his name is Let Me Solo Her. And he goes in there and he solos her. He wears a pot on his head and he's completely naked beside that with two swords. Mm-hmm. And it's so awesome because it's taken on a life of its own where like people have made memes. They've done 3D printings of his of his character. Mm-hmm. They've made comics out of it. It is such a cool thing that this community has done for this player. And I think it's just he's immortalized in this game now for everyone that's played that that's that's awesome yeah. so oh, i yeah. think that's one of the cool parts of the gaming community yeah absolutely yeah i've heard of that now from software's been doing a weird thing with Elden ring where it's been it feels like it's been trying to patch out exploits a lot more than it did in previous releases of other games <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so like hey guys don't do that because that's part of what makes your games popular <laughs> that's weird. exactly it's that's part of the culture around it uh, yeah. Anyway, that is it for level 50 of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. We are on Spotify, Google, Apple, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. You can also like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Thoughts and Players. Like it's all one word. You're on Instagram, Thoughts.Players. You're on Twitter at Thoughts Player 2, YouTube, TikTok. And check us out everywhere. Uh, But we want to thank you for tuning in and we will see you on the next level. Peace.